This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. And all that jazz. Welcome to the artists. As Godard said, you don't make a movie, the movie makes you. In our movie-making profession, the workings of Murphy's Law is always at its best. In these candid conversations, we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie-making business. Hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams, but with a mode of reality check on it. I'm your host, Suchita, and this podcast is brought to you by Metaphysical Lab. Enjoy the show. Today we have with us uh, the wonderful filmmaker, Q, uh, one of the most self-aware filmmakers that we have on our podcast. He's so clear about why is he a filmmaker. He's also very clear about his strengths and weaknesses, how he works around them and makes them work in his films. I'm sure you must have seen his films or heard about his films from Gandhu to Tashradesh to Nudo to Brahmanaman. You can check them out on Wikipedia page also on MDB. Brahmanaman was actually in Sundance a competition section and was bidded for uh, till Netflix bought it. So stay tuned for this most amazing conversation. I would also like to thank Devashish Mukija for putting us on to Q. Hi Q, welcome to the Artist Podcast. Uh, thank you for taking our time from Goa. Thanks, thanks for having me. When Brahman Naman got selected for the World Dramatic Competition in 2016 Sundance, everyone was like, you know, like, Q is going to mint money after the screening there because he's going to sell it to the world's biggest sales agent. And you actually did. How, yes. how much is the story true about you minting money out there? Um, it's a long story. The hmm. thing is that it, it has to do with independent uh, film production. Hmm. So as uh, I'm not a director, I'm more, more of a producer. I run hmm. my own company, yes. which I own completely. Yes. Uh, and that's a very major part of the independent filmmaking process people normally don't get. This yes. idea that the producer, there's a producer and the producer makes money. And if I'm the producer, I have money. This is a completely uh, uh, misinformed view of this industry. Yes. The idea of a film independent producer is someone who takes up the ownership of the film and gets it done, gets it made, yes. and somehow can uh, make it work in the marketplace, which does not need it. Mm. Uh, mostly uh, the kind of work that I've been doing, there's never been a market for it. And we've always been told that these are not unsaleable my work is unsaleable hmm. the challenge really was from the uh, from 2009 when uh, love in india was first uh, my first film that went into the international stage hmm. followed by gandu yes um, from 2019 we had uh, i had started this idea of uh, the uh, the valuation of my ip the value that i could hold and hmm. hold on to hmm. till the time that the market was ready to accept it and whichever market that would be. Hmm. So from from the European markets, we didn't get too much of, uh, uh, though we got a lot of support, hmm. we didn't get any actual benefit, like economic benefit. So mostly our films would be made with co-production money, which mean, meant that there were soft funds involved. Hmm. And a lot of the money, the, the people, who, the stakeholders who supported me at hmm. the beginning, hmm. um, they did not get their money back. Now, that money we were storing 
in order to do something which happened, luckily for me, it happened at Sundance Hmm. through UTA, um, the Netflix deal happened and the deal happened mainly because we were sitting on all the film's IP. So not only did Brahman Naman get sold, Hmm. there was an auction for Brahman Naman Hmm. in which Netflix won the auction by saying that they will take all my films and they will not censor anything. Wow. That was the deal. And that deal meant that we we sold it to Netflix for lesser money than uh, the other people in the auction who were not so, uh, uh, you know, uh, confident about the uh, censorship issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it was, a, it was a landmark deal. It was a, a very uh, high price for an Indian film yes. um, in the, at the world stage. Hmm. At the same time, one must also uh, understand that Brahman Naman was a British co-production and um, the lion's share of the money went to Brahman Naman because it sold as an original film. Though the value of all my other films, Ludo, Tashadesh and Gandu, were, uh, uh, had uh, uh, quadrupled almost hmm. to the point, also we are talking about films that are uh, old films that mm. are being sold now. Mm. Uh, in 2016, a 2010 film is being sold. Mm. So combined valuation, it's very difficult for people to understand and I don't want to get into that kind mm. of, uh, you know, uh, uh, long conversation about this. The long and short of it is, yes, there was a lot of money. Yeah, And then you have to understand all the stakeholders for over seven years were paid off. Wow including interest so we got mm. ip back of all these films and we were then we didn't get too much money ourselves we got a little we got a little money that could uh, that benefited uh, us in a way that we could again develop something like garbage for over uh, a year and a half yes. uh, which was a completely uh, low budget film so my, my idea about this was very clear from the beginning it was not about making money it was making sure that our work was valued at a certain price in the world market. Wow, I think that's a brilliant takeaway. I think that's a great takeaway. Uh, Q, tell me, consciously becoming a producer, how can an independent uh, filmmaker, because I think this is such an important point, we don't even pay attention Mm. to, you know, becoming producers of our own work. How can they consciously place themselves uh, producing and directing their films? See, I'm not sure everyone can do that and yes. or everyone's up for it. You yeah. know, because yeah. what I feel is that people uh, often misunderstand and, uh, uh, this issue about creativity yes. uh, and being a creative individual. Hmm. Uh, as is very obvious, if you're an independent creative uh, uh, being, then you hmm. have to also look at the economics of it. And the economics normally is weighed in, in a sort of a capitalist uh, market-led uh, way. In hmm. India, hmm. everyone seems to get only that. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's like I'm a creative person. I don't want to. Uh, this is my price, and that's that's it. Hmm. You know, I don't want to deal with the other shit. Hmm. The problem with that in a country like India is nothing is allowed. We are not supposed to say anything at all through our creative work. Yes, yes. Um, that can actually mean something. So whenever hmm. I'm putting something into the Indian marketplace, it already means that the work has been negotiated down to its rudimentary level. Hmm. 
as far as I'm concerned, hmm. as far as my work is concerned, very much so, because I knew from the very beginning, I don't want to do anything that is Indian market friendly, whatever audiences expect out of creative work here. Hmm. So in my case, it was very clear for me that nobody will put any money behind somebody like me. Uh, uh, number two is I'm not going to be able to sell this work hmm. and get some money back either, which hmm. means that only the third point was uh, uh, an option for me, which is to be a producer and find the market where we will sell it or get some sort of sustenance, even if we are not selling it in the uh, way that consumer products are sold. You, when you start, when you decided to make films, um, obviously from advertising to making films, what was a few things, the first few things that you thought that this is what I need to do to jump into the bandwagon? So, the, um, number one is that there was no bandwagon. There was hmm. no band or a wagon hmm. anywhere in sight hmm. when I started. <laughs> uh, there were some documentary filmmakers who hmm. I thought were the only people who were actually actively doing independent filmmaking because no fiction filmmaker ever tried it. They were all going to log into the market reality hmm. of their whatever their system allowed them hmm. and work within that. Hmm. So I didn't consider that to be an independent scene at all. There was no independent scene. Okay. So um, my work, when I started, one, one major thing was to change my identity, which is why I insist on yes. being called Q. Yes. And um, I don't think Koshik Mukherjee could have done anything like this ever. Okay. So, first mm. thing was to get rid of all my baggage, political, uh, local, uh, language-wise, um, moral, um, familial, any mm -hmm. kind of baggage that I might have, I needed to lose that. So, that process took some, some time. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I realized is that nobody's going to work with me. So, therefore, I need to know the whole process myself. Um, advertising helped because after in advertising I was making commercials, so technically I was uh, competent. Yes. But philosophically and economically, I had to uh, reorient. Uh, I mean, I had to orient myself in that. Yeah. Uh, find out, do my research, and find out what, where exactly, how exactly am I going to make these films? Hmm. Uh, at the same time, technically, I was learning editing. I was I learned camera so that I could work on my own and not be dependent on anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea about independence was the foremost thing in my mind. So it took about four or five years for me to just uh, put in place a kind of structure where I could, I wouldn't go mad. You know, mm -hmm. people go mad because in this kind of a situation because of the uh, of the of the losses and the and the defeats that yes. they. Uh, undergo on an everyday basis so one has to insulate oneself from that and that takes training Lovely, I thought yeah. that training was very critical for me to have mm -hmm. and whatever people say wouldn't uh, uh, wouldn't at all uh, affect me in any way mm -hmm. so these, this was a fundamental shift in the personality and the character mm -hmm. that uh, became uh, could become an artist in India mm -hmm. for working in, in, a, in an extreme sort of uh, situation with extreme subjects. Hmm. Um, the second thing was building a, na a network of uh, other individuals and artists and friends who I could work with or collaborate with. Yes. And the building the idea of collaboration, which is the fundamental uh, thing in co-production. Yes. 
so i was very uh, uh, sure that i was always going to be in this mode because i like the cooperative uh, pattern i am a big fan of the cooperative movement that happened in india and um, i rue the loss of that um, and uh, and 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 the idea about european co-production system which i learned a lot from from advertising to films um actually i have been sort of asking a lot of people my friends around people who come from outside you know with the scripts you know trying to bounce off their scripts to everyone around and saying that okay they want to make their next film what was your uh, why of wanting to make films why i uh, i think uh, mm, I think my wife was very political always. I didn't okay. want I never wanted to make films. I I'm not a big like cinema lover. Hmm. Um lovely. I got into films through uh, post 95 filmmaking worldwide. Hmm. So I'm far more interested in the broken down forms of cinema than the classic forms. Um I was always when I found that that existed around the world that's when I thought that I could be a filmmaker because that would be a correct medium for me to tell the kind of stuff that i want to tell um i make films largely without violence i uh, i made uh, 10 films without violence after which i shifted so there were some uh, primary objectives which were very clear for me that mm. i could i write poetry would that work could i rap would that work no if i make a film then i can influence a lot of more uh minds and maybe the reach will be far more and um, for me uh, filmmaking is complex and uh, enough to be engaging as a medium hmm. yes that was the choice really i'm hmm. not like somebody who um, was always going to be this director i find myself quite short on most things which is why i uh, there's a severe need to keep learning keep doing things that i don't know how to do Hmm. and uh, and and taking in uh, from uh, my my immediate uh, environment and people hmm. um because i i don't think i'm i'm uh, my confidence stems from my technical ability i think my confidence stems from my ideological hmm. uh, outlook Lovely. and hmm. that that is very strong so that's hmm. everything else is of uh, you know i can override everything else hmm. through that strong ideology i think hmm. so so do you you mostly work with your strength and of course do you pay attention to your weakness as well do you work on them um if it if it's in in an area that uh, intrudes upon the area of strength okay lovely um there hmm. are always challenges that one uh, opens oneself out that's the hmm. whole point of uh, you know going ahead hmm. uh, otherwise it be a boring fucking ride hmm. Hmm. so i keep on doing stuff that the next thing that i would do is the opposite of what i do what i'm doing now hmm. kind of but in the same t- at the same time it is in the zone that i'm operating within there's a boundary and that boundary i don't cross you you write you direct and you produce So what is it one thing you keep in mind when you are writing or executing a film Well these are actually parallel activities mm. while the filmmaking process is on so mm. they feed off each other it's not mm. that the producer can tell the writer how to write or the mm. writer telling the producer this is what i want to write mm. um or the filmmaker saying that this is how i want to take this shot 
this is possible when you're already in the circuit like not your first film obviously but if your mm. first film has traveled mm. then you have opened up these opportunities and therefore then you must uh, negotiate these opportunities on a again on a daily basis to be able to reach somewhere with whatever you're doing you know in mm. the ne- ne- mm. next mm. so if you make a horror film you will not get into these a-list festivals if you don't have an a-list star uh, who's an American star or a European star mm. then you have to go to the horror film festivals and there are many of them and so all this is pretty much very well organized mm. and now I mean now it's going down uh, nobody's buying films anymore mm. post Netflix world mm. so um, that's another whole thing to think about but the, mm. I'm just giving an example of how you know people curate their uh, their work hmm. towards a certain um, towards a certain audience hmm. and even in any kind of artwork you would know that these kind of galleries may show this right hmm. or not, no gallery will show it so you will have to invade a, a, a street to do it hmm. these are all things that you think about before making the work I would say if you make the work without thinking about them then it's a, a, a slight bit of a problem can you tell me about uh, you are a producer and uh, the funding challenges you go through being a producer to fund your films and also yeah. have you ever thought about funding other films yes i have hmm. thought about i have helped uh, co-produce but hmm. i haven't i can't fund because i don't have any funds or neither mm. do i have access to funds mm. every film is a different animal yes. every project is a different thing mm. and uh, i've just been lucky enough to have found somebody or the other at that point who i could hustle mm. and that hustling is uh, not just a commercial hustle it's mm. an artistic hustle because that person yes. has to be or that institution has to be ready to accept a loss Yes. because this may not work i'm not going to compromise anything because of the funding right so yes. that has uh, it has happened both ways most of the time at the beginning my films didn't uh, recover money yes. so uh, uh, post netflix world is a slightly different ball game for at least someone who's sold to netflix mm. uh, before mm. uh, even mm. while we battle uh, fundamental you know uh, differences in at the price point mm. um, for a list producers and now now even all of them are doing that mm. in india mm. so therefore uh, that's but that's a different battle at least i know that they will pay something mm. and that something could i could i anticipate that something and make the film within that can can that be done then mm. at least i'm assuring a return of investment so these kind of things were i mean uh, uh, always play in your mind and the funding is largely uh, dependent on the kind of thing that you're doing for instance if i do like something like garbage i will not go out looking for funds because nobody will do it mm. uh, nobody will touch it to the barge pole so i had to find someone in this case hansal and chelish Mm. who wouldn't ask any questions who would just, it's such a small figure mm. that they were like okay you can't raise this much right let's figure out how you can get like this mm. little piddly amount which we say mm. uh, spend on a recce mm. <laughs> you know? yeah so as you mentioned about garbage like going and finding a producer or co-producer is going to be like tough for yeah. it internationally yeah. so 
how do you find your market after you make the film uh, no like i said i hmm. don't find it after hmm. the finding of the market is already uh, like immediate like immediate the moment the idea comes in hmm. immediately because i'm all three hmm. i'm writing yes. There's, yes. there's this idea which i think could work Hmm. and that idea is not just coming in from pop like that it has hmm. been you know marinated for uh, months or years before it sort of pops out like that hmm. and then you pop, pop the final thing out like the fresh toast hmm. uh, and that's where your producer is al- already looking at that and thinking oh shit okay now how to what is the budget what is hmm. the optimum budget hmm. and that 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 much if i can make it in this much then i can go to this person or that person or that uh, institution for this much money or and i will look at going to these 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 festivals so that i i am open to these these markets hmm. so it's happening together it's completely hmm. symbiotic Simultan. it's hmm. totally org- uh, organic do you want to elaborate on the point of post netflix world for sales well when netflix came they were very clear on their agenda of pushing out out of the box uh, material mm. and uh, they were ready to uh, invest that much into it mm. um uh but what has happened now is the aggregator logic has kicked in yes and therefore uh, there's a there's a ga- that gap of the price point has happened very swiftly so individual mm. producers would find it very very hard to get a good price from netflix whereas aggregators would get a price because they are handling more than one or many many projects uh, this is uh, true for almost all big digital network uh, networks like platforms mm. um so people who are within that ambit their lives have become slightly smoother mm. right hmm. but people who are outside of that ambit of course there's a, a great deal of opportunity there hmm. but a great deal of pressure as well because it's almost 90% blocked by people who are players already yes so there's a very small bandwidth to play hmm. but it is highly possible um, because they're more and more doing you know skewed uh, towards local content so therefore indian uh producers are you know jumping at it because more and more indian co- content will have to be produced by even international uh, players mm-hmm. um which is a great opportunity now th- these are the two uh, uh sides of it on one uh, and and we don't know how long this will happen right there's, mm. there's a there's a period of time that the spending happens and after that it uh, uh, eventually dries up so how how long is this uh, golden period going to last of web series mm-hmm. and that w- whether it is actually if we are talking about independent filmmaking mm-hmm. then that's something that nobody is interested in even now yeah so therefore what are we talking about you know only if my film does amazingly well outside it is going to go as a film it's not even going to qualify as an original Mm. no so therefore cutting down on the price point all these things are critical if it's an original then it won't go into any festival because their 
all fighting amongst themselves <laughs> so yeah. it's a, it's a bit of a weird situation right mm. now mm. nobody knows exactly which way it's going mm. and one needs to wait and watch i guess in 2 3 years it'll be clear about whose position is where and whether at all independent films benefit uh, out of this system mm. Mm. so much content being created on youtube on ott platforms mm. uh where do you see and how do you see and do you see if it that sort of affecting the cinema of Lang- course it is yeah. of course it is mm. it's it i i couldn't raise for this la- this uh, series that i yeah. just did in in calcutta yeah. uh, called tarana tantric mm. we've been sitting on this idea for 5 years mm. and i tried raising money mm. like 20 25 lakhs to make a film nobody mm. gave it mm. but then i got the series and i could make it for uh, three times that amount Man. and it was still uh, madly cheap but i mean 12, 10 episodes of uh, content but mm. still, i'm getting to make it that that's a major achievement mm. um uh, but at the same time um it has to be then converted into that narrative not yes. a film anymore yes right so that there's that pressure of the narrative being changed mm. which i actually welcome i'm not uh, as i said I, i'm i'm not a purist at all so i'm mm. not saying that cinema is i thought cinema was dead when i started <laughs> you know <laughs> and there should be something next and now the next thing has come all this while we've been writing short stories mm. now we have a novel structure yes no longer do we have to play by that t- t- stupid three act construct which i hate mm. but uh, you can just use any kind of other construction of mm. narrative which could be kishoten ketsu could be a an older greek format uh, mm. pre uh, um, pre three act structure that mm. they would uh, they were using mm. um, so i mean it you could look at it in either way anything is an opportunity and a threat right any kind of big change mm. so one needs to weigh the uh, one against the other i guess tell me you about the efforts or you know the steps that you take to build a community around your films i don't mhm i don't do any kind of promotion uh there are times that like when brahmanaman uh, landed netflix did some promotion around it but otherwise we didn't ever have any money we have not producers like that so mm. we don't have promotional money and we decided not to and whatever um we have garnered so far whoever knows me or is interested in uh, whatever or joint is producing mm. is completely organic mm. and therefore i might i might uh, claim that mm. since it's organic that it's a critical mass that whether whether or not you uh, agree uh, on the numbers mm. um that over a period of 10 years let's say you build a critical mass of these many minds mm. rather than eyeballs that's not where i am at at all so um again that sort of has a uh a clear um you know uh link to my ideology and how i i i abhor this capitalist system and this market driven economy mm. uh i do not do not want my films to be looked at as products mm. you can't so most of the you can't buy my films mm. so i'm 
possibly the only filmmaker whose films you cannot fucking buy. Mm. Okay. So how is that as another whole mm. standpoint? I'm still mm. living, I'm still mm. surviving and I'm sustaining myself. Not only that, I'm producing more. Yes. But I'm refusing to sell. Mm, lovely. You've directed zero, right? For Z5. Zero, yeah. 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 So working on an OTT space, uh, which is mostly controlled by the algorithms, how yeah. difficult, how easy was it for you to adapt to that setup? And also, do you mm. see do you see cinema, if we can call use that word, uh, world cinema, heading in the direction of algorithm? Yeah, it has already started, so, and yeah. and and you have to be aware of it when you're doing it. Yeah. The ticking of the boxes is like a basic yeah. uh, thing. Mm. Um, so it's very very simple. It's no longer is it that filmmaking is dependent on the big producer distributor. Now it's going to be you know decided by the algorithms. That's yeah. very simple, and that's our reality right now. There's no escaping it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no argument about this. I totally agree. This is it. So when have so, landed. Yeah, <laughs> they've landed, yeah. <laughs> so when you were working with Z5 on uh, Zero, was yeah. how, how, how much of your creativity was sort of, how, how much did you get pushed around to adapt? Well, see, the thing is that I have a slight advantage because of who I am and hmm. uh, people are a little scared of, telling me things they might get abused and all that so I'm a I'm an extremely polite person but there's an uh, uh, there's a perception that that's there uh, so which I sort of use merrily hmm. um, so it for me it was not that tough hmm. it's just already tough that someone sitting with you hmm. or looking at the screen uh, looking at the monitor or the camera viewfinder Hmm. That is itself uh, uh, almost like really um, embarrassing and obscene for me hmm. uh, because I yeah. I had you know cut that out of my life. <laughs> yeah. So I am working only with those people who are letting me do that and not hmm. coming and fucking around at the time that we're, and it's getting better. Basically, you need that time to also adapt to this new format. Hmm. Uh, and I think the last. A year and a half we've spent doing that and mm. now the new series that I'm working on is much more uh, in that zone where there's a channel involvement but they're not in the process they're actually aiding it rather than abetting it mm. so I'm very lucky that way mm. so I can't say that for other people mm, I'm, I'm sure they're having their own problems Yeah, it's kind of like advertising again yes you know yeah, true. Q, where do you see independent cinema going? What's the movement? Down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you're, you know, if you're a, a someone who's in the hip hop mm. culture and mm. likes it, then you know that going down is not a bad thing. Mm. You can do many nice things when you go down. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but yes, I mean, it needs to go underground is what I mean. It can't, this overground thing that uh, independent cinema will be accepted mm. and therefore hailed and then 
it'll play in a cinemaplex near you. That shit is was always a lie, and it, mm. it's been proved now. Mm. So just me, if you really want to make the, you know, fucked up film that you want to make, mm. which is the only reason you should make independent films. Yes. Otherwise, why are you making independent films? Just get a producer. Yeah. You know, uh, independent film means that does doesn't mean that. You, Nobody knows you. You have to make a film. Therefore, it's an indie. And then the moment you get a chance, you make a studio film. Uh, that's not indie. Yes. You know, either you're an indie filmmaker or you're not. There's no indie film. Yes. It's an indie filmmaker mm, mm, who lives mm. an independent life outside of the system. Yeah, that's operates. a lovely point. Yes. Right. Yes. A, a single film could be anything. You know, mm, mm. Um, <clears throat> depending on it, a film eventually becomes its own thing. Mm. You don't have any control over it, right? Yes. So the process and the uh, people mm. are the independent ones. And are they independent? Have they sworn to independence? Or mm. are they going to get a job tomorrow? Yes. Then you're not an activist. So independent filmmaking is like activism. And yes. in our country... We don't have that option because if you are in the media industry, which is controlled by the Ministry of um, Information and Broadcasting, they will not allow you to run a non-profit that can produce stuff. Because in the Indian, in Indian legal language, any production, hmm. uh, media-related, hmm. is a product, hmm. is ultimately a consumer commodity. Hmm. Even if it's a documentary, hmm. it is that. So you, even if you just want to produce documentaries, you can't run an NPO. Hmm. So this is a great problem which hmm. people uh, don't understand. I, I'm not saying they should understand. The point is that because of this, nobody has an idea that this can actually happen like this. That there could be activists who are running an NGO, but they actually make films. There are many like this uh, uh, in Germany. You'll find uh, uh, amazing um, companies who are uh, non-profit and they get social benefits and they make films. Wow! Which are con which are counter uh, 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 which are providing the counter argument. Mm. They have put together process to understand whether you are actually counter. You know, mm. you can't just make a film because awesome. you're a good filmmaker. Awesome! Yeah. So that, that this. Stuff we don't even know, so there's yeah. no point discussing these complex things mm. when people don't know the basis of it. Mm. The basis is that there could be a person or a company who wants to make films or create uh, uh, artworks without profit motivation. Mm. That's what we do, and that's what our joint is. Go check us out podcasting platforms review us thank you for connecting with us on whatsapp the number of which is given in the description i'm your host Suchita, and i'm going to see you guys next week another episode of the